Five Finger Death Punch, or FFDP for short, was founded in 2005 by guitarist Zoltan Bathory and drummer Jeremy Spencer. Original bass player Matt Snell then joined the band in 2006. Zoltan had then reached out to Ivan Moody after his band Motograder broke up to audition for Five Finger Death Punch in order to complete their original lineup. But all has not been easy for FFDP, and today we are going to dive into the history, the obstacles, and the story of how Five Finger Death Punch became one of the biggest bands in the world. What's up, knuckleheads? This is Ivan Moody. I just wanted to give a quick shout out to all my peeps. We're here at a new photo shoot today. As you can see, I'm wearing a tie and a gold ring. The f does that anyway. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another Rock Feed Rock Doc. If you have not already, please subscribe and be sure that that notification bell is turned on so that way you get all of the latest news, docs, and more. By the time 2006 came to an end, the band had recorded and self-produced their first album, The Way of the Fist. Shortly after recording their first album, the band would go on a search for a second guitarist. They would initially get Caleb Bingham, and then soon after replace him with Daryl Roberts from the band Wasp. In 2007, the band would sign their first deal with The Firm. By the end of July in 2007, the band not only released their EP, Preemptive Strike, but they also released their first single, The Bleeding, and their debut album, The Way of the Fist. The band would then spend the next couple of years touring, and in January of 2009, the band fired Daryl Roberts. He was then replaced by current guitarist Jason Hook. That wouldn't be the last lineup change the band would make, though, as bassist Matt Snell was fired in December of 2010. But that news wouldn't become public until April of 2011, when it was leaked against the band's wishes. Snell was replaced by Chris Kale in June of 2011, after they had finished writing American Capitalist. The band would continue to tour to support the record for the next two years, before hitting the studio again for what would be two albums, The Wrong Side of Heaven and The Righteous Side of Hell Volume 1, which was released on July 30th, 2013, and Volume 2, which would then be released on November 19th that same year. Now, with all the touring, came a lot of parties, which led to much larger issues for a couple of the guys. In 2012, Ivan admitted that his alcohol issues nearly got him fired from FFDP. He stated he would perform drunk on stage and not remember any of it the following day. This type of behavior would continue for the next several years. And while playing in the Netherlands in 2017, Ivan famously quit the band during their set. He has said that he was not drunk when he did it, but he was hungover. The next day, the band gathered around Ivan and told him they were sending him home. They said, dude, if you don't do something about this, you're gonna die. There's no ifs, ands, or buts anymore. You're waking up. You're not taking this seriously. You have such power out there, and you're wasting it. FFDP would then go on to utilize Tommy Vex to Bad Wolves to finish out the tour. Ivan did go on stating, I was insulted, dude. I fucking broke down a hundred times. Tears. Dude, I took golf clubs to my fucking walls. I was a mess. I went to a bar just to get into a fist fight with a dude twice my size. Just to do it. I fucking whooped his ass. Straight up. If the guys would have just canceled the tour and not gone on with Tommy, we would have been sued for millions of dollars. The promoters would have never played us again. The radio stations, the media, in general, they just would have fucked us in the ass. It would have all been my fault. So I am really proud of Tommy for taking on those shoes. He did a good job. He did all right. When asked in interviews about his addiction, Ivan said, When I was drunk, I knew how my life was going to end. I planned on it. I was not going to wake up one day or go into a seizure and die. 
It's just I was comfortable because I knew what was going to happen. And now being sober, I don't know how I'm going to go. And that's a scary fucking thing. And I've met a lot of addicts that feel the same way. When asked about his recovery, he stated, I knew I was done during my detox. It took me seven and a half days just to detox. I couldn't walk. I couldn't go to the bathroom by myself. I couldn't smoke a cigarette. I had a staff member actually sleep in the room with me for the first 38 hours just to make sure I didn't go under. I blew a .36 when I went in, which anyone who knows anything knows means that was basically death and I didn't want to come out of it. I woke up the next day and I was pissed that I was still alive. Elaborating even more, he finished with, I just don't want my legacy to be dying from substance abuse. Chester Bennington, Chris Cornell, Scott Weiland, Lane Staley, Lynn Strait. Lynn was like my older brother from Snot. All these guys are forgotten. You hear him on the radio. I listen to a Linkin Park song now and I can hear him crying for help. Ivan would then go to rehab and finally become sober. March 10th of 2019 would mark the one year anniversary of Ivan's sobriety. Bassist Chris Kale would help to commemorate the occasion with a touching picture of the two overlooking the crowd on Instagram with a nicely worded post congratulating his friend and bandmate. Ivan himself was also surprised saying, I'm speechless man. Ivan addressed Five Finger Death Punch fans in a video. A lot of people didn't think I'd make it 24 hours. And to be honest with you, there were times I didn't either but I have a great team around me. In his latest interview with Laser 103.3, almost two years sober, Ivan said, it was time for me to have a transformation and to either become what I had been and stay stagnant and just be content with the human being I was, which was never gonna happen, or I had to evolve and take the steps that were necessary to not only be a better man, but to be a better artist and to really get back to my roots and realize that modification is absolutely necessary in everything. My sobriety is a huge deal. Ivan wasn't the only one struggling with addiction though. While Ivan was more public with his struggles, Chris Kale was secretly battling his own. Kale revealed in an interview with KLAQ that he was doing an eight ball of coke a week. He was quoted as saying, that's gotta be the biggest problem for me. That and depression, the two things were not good. I didn't realize it until I got into rehab that I was self-medicating with cocaine to get my dopamine levels up to fight the depression. I never even thought about that. And then when you come off of it, you crash hard. Kale adds, Ivan was going through his thing and me, no one really knew. I was the quiet one that was kind of doing things on the side. It hit me hard when I got off the road last time. Going home was always hard anyway because you've got so much stimulation out on the road. And then you come home and you're like, wait a minute, I gotta take out the trash? That's the biggest part of my job now? Kale has since been sober though, since February 3rd, 2018. Kale recently celebrated his two years of sobriety as well with a touching Instagram post, letting his fans know that they can do it as well. You just keep putting one foot in front of the other. In an interview with Metal Shop TV, Kale said, the place that I'm in now, with the outlook I have on life and the perspective and all the work that I've done to correct some of the things I had inside that needed to be worked on that I was covering up with drugs and alcohol, drugs and alcohol weren't the only problem. There was definitely some inside stuff that I needed to deal with. But to think that I was that close to death because I couldn't stop drinking, I couldn't stop doing blow. It was really a sobering thought. In sobriety, at that point, that I was that close to dying. So thank God that last moment hit me and I had that moment of clarity to call my buddy and have him drive me to rehab. Had I not had that split second decision to text him to get me to rehab, I would not be here on this camera today.
Thankfully for us knuckleheads, FFDP has come back stronger than ever, with the exception of one missing founding member. On December 18th, 2018, Jeremy Spencer had announced he was leaving the band due to back issues. Though he needed to leave, Jeremy knew of the perfect replacement in Charlie Engine. Jeremy had known Charlie and they developed a relationship by talking about drums and all the classic stuff. And once the band heard Charlie, they knew he was the perfect fit. And while Jeremy hasn't been touring and playing anymore, he still has remained plenty busy. In June of 2019, Jeremy announced that he was sworn in as a reserve police officer in Indiana. Later that year in September, he announced that he would be acting, co-directing, writing, and providing music for an erotic horror parody series, Lady Killer TV. Though the band has dealt with their struggles and departures over the years, at the same time they've been kicking ass and taking names all along the way. Throughout the course of their career, Five Finger Death Punch has released eight albums, gone platinum multiple times, headlined tours, played giant festivals, and have done numerous events to help support first responders and the military. But how did FFDP get so big? Well, it comes down to a few key things. They have a unique sound. When you hear a Five Finger Death Punch song, you know it's a Five Finger Death Punch song. Charity work. They have done so much work to support first responders and members of the military. They have a lot of respect for these individuals and are constantly giving back. They're always active. They have released eight studio albums, a compilation album, an EP, almost three dozen singles, and two dozen music videos, not to mention all of the touring. And that is just within the last 15 years. Their stage presence and energy. If you have never seen Five Finger Death Punch live, you are missing one hell of a show. I've personally seen them play small venues and large festivals, and they always give it their all. Hell, the last time I saw them, Ivan had a boot on his foot with a cane, and he was still more active than other bands I've seen. And lastly, they love their fans. We recently spoke to founding member Zoltan Bathory, and he told us this. It's simple. Ignore the critics, the know-it-all experts, and the self-proclaimed elite, because if they knew a fucking thing, they would be doing it themselves. But they don't. They are just talking nonsense from the bleachers while they generally miss the whole point of music altogether. Music is meant to unify people, and it's for sharing, and it is for the people. It's not supposed to be a vehicle to prove how cool and special and important of a musician you are. That's a selfish, ignorant view that misses the point of music by a mile. He then went on to tell us, Love and respect your fans. They are the ones that like the same music you like. They are your tribe, and they are the reason you are in the position you are. The band is constantly evolving their sound, too. Zoltan recently did an interview with Billboard, and he said that they realized with the Wrong Side of Heaven, Righteous Side of Hell double album, that their fans had a wider taste of music. They didn't want just heavy music and vocals, and with that realization, they continued to expand their sound. When they went to record their eighth album, they went knowing they were going to do something completely different. Zoltan told Billboard, Ivan did say when we were going to the studio, you know what? Sometimes all this screaming, I don't know if I'm still there. I like to sing. So he did have it in his head that he wanted to sing more. However, that does not mean that their newest album is all melodic. Zoltan played Ivan some music that would become Scar Tissue and This Is War, and Ivan went for it. This album is going to have something for everyone. Whether you want the heavy riffs and vocals, or the more acoustic feeling tracks like Brighter Shade of Grey, 
F8 Fate has you covered. This is probably one of the most personal albums that they have done as well. And if you haven't already, be sure to check out the latest album Fate, it dropped in stores on February 28th, 2020. Thank you all for watching, please be sure to hit that subscribe button and share with all your other fellow knuckleheads.